Hello? What up? Give me give me a moment here. Oh shit, it's tripping. Alright, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, man. Hey man, thank you for coming on the show. It's all love, brother. All love. Um for most I wanna say um I'm a big fan um of your comedy and stand up, you know, from a kid. I started watching, you know, uh, Mad TV, even though my parents didn't like me watching it, man. I, you know, you were, you and uh, Mo Collins and uh, Bobby were one of my biggest uh, people I love, enjoyed uh, watching on Mad TV. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot. That's all, that's all good, man. Yeah. So I just, you know, at first I just wanted just to, you know, just say that because, you know, this means a lot and you know just thank you for even coming on the show and even showing me some love man that's that that's mad real man thank you well you do comedy right oh i do comedy right now i'm doing yeah. uh right now i'm doing open mics and you know in everything in here in san francisco um everything is opening up even though it's just outside so you know i was taking advantage of that and uh well, you know, and you and Mo uh, expired me a lot. So, and even Bobby, man. So, you know, that's crazy that I'm even having a conversation with you right now. Yeah, well, shit, you're a student of the game. So, respect, dog. Thank you. So, um, my thing is I wanted to uh, just uh, talk about, like, um, you know, how did you start it in comedy? And, um, you know, what made you even pursue the career that you even have now? You know, I started when I was 14. Uh, you know, I'm an 80s baby, so coming up in, in, in the early 80s, uh, Eddie Murphy was king right. on SNL. So uh, to me, he was my biggest inspiration for it. But um, <clears throat> like I said, I'm a student of the game. So, you know, my father put me on to Richard Pryor. Oh, really? Was his era, yeah. Um, and then, you know... Um, Again, student of the game, so you try to learn as much as you can. Right. Uh, so, you know, my love for movies and comedy movies and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff just really uh, just added fuel to the fire. Right. So when were you were when you were doing comedy and, you know, when your dad put you on to, you know, his favorite comics or whatnot, was you, were you doing it around your neighborhood, like with friends, or was you doing it in the mirror, like how, how I be doing it? <laughs> Like, when you practice, or do you practice, you know, just telling jokes, you know, around the neighborhood? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you perform, you act in your role, you, you try to uh, sharpen up around your, your your friends and your family and stuff like that, but ultimately to put it on its feet. Right. Uh, you just got to go where, they do, where the comedy is and get up on that stage and get your feet wet. Right. So what were... Um, on the skits you do you used to do on uh on on the Comedy Central on Mad TV, um, what were your favorite skits? You know, I liked I, I, because we had an ensemble cast. You know, I really loved working off of uh, Will Sasso, Deborah Wilson. Oh my God, I love those. Uh, yeah, anything with uh, Mo, basically everybody. Right. Um, because I think that the. Uh, the group that I was involved with at that time uh, was so fearless and, and, and everybody uh, went beyond what was on paper right. uh, to make it pop. So uh, when you're working with a bunch of people, it's like, you know, being in a team sport 
you know, when you got a bunch, of, when you're surrounded by a bunch of teammates that are all gutsy, and we and you all want the same thing, and you all hungry. Uh, that's where the magic is. Was it all on paper? Um, sometimes I feel like um, when I watch episodes or even just skits of you and Mo, like, was it always on paper? Did you guys give input on ideas? Or was it always like off whatever the director or whoever was controlling that skit on that day? You know, it was really a combination of both. Um, you know, everything always started out on paper and ultimately you would do what was on paper, but uh, we had a lot of breathing room. So, you know, uh, our, our directors, our showrunners, producers, they was all, you know, they was all very much open to freestyling because that just made it better. Right. My favorite um, skit with you and Mo had to be with the reporter Carl Thunderstand. Um, um, when you play Walter and she played Amber. Oh, yeah. Um, and then... Um, Oh my God! When you, that line that you said that that's one of my favorite skits, man. I even have the um, have that on um, on my uh, DVR here and uh, on my television. When you said uh, the last time she stole a story, I was locked up for two months, and them white folks try to do something to me. I thought that was the most funniest shit you have <laughs> ever said. And even when Mo started kissing the reporter. And, you know, next, you know, she falls and she collapses, you know, or whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, man, that was like the yeah. most, like, one of the most dopest skits. And it was so natural. And sometimes I feel like, man, this man, I this had to be off the dome. Like, I had, like, I know. Yeah, some, some of it was. Uh, but, <clears throat> again, that's a testament to, uh, you know, how great the people that I've worked with right. were. Um, because Mo could do that, you know, she, she was very good at being able to go off the dome and off the cuff and fly and, and just say wild shit and do wild physical shit. And, and, uh, it gave me a lot to play with. So she was just a great teammate, you know? Right. No, and I definitely feel that. And when you started doing the voices, like, like, um, I know like, and not all of the skits, probably a lot of them you did on, uh, with a whole bunch of voices. When did you just start like, Hey, I can use this in my craft and comedy and even skits. Like, when did you started perfecting that? Even though you probably perfected it at a young age, when did you just start putting that into like your comedy? Um, you know, it's just something that I could always do at an early age. Uh, you know, growing up watching a lot of TV and, you know, having a having a, a a mother who was or who's you know still is a jazz blues singer. Right. So a lot of sound, a lot of things like that was hereditary for me in terms of being able to hear pitch and tone and inflection and things like that. No, and and you do it so, especially when you play DMX's mom. Oh my God, that was so goddamn funny when when uh, when you were like Earl, Earl, what's wrong? Look, ma. It's Angie, ma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just thought that was so you played that so well, man. Like, it just flowed like like a river, man. Like just a natural flow, man. And um and when you work with actual like basketball players and even uh you know when boxers come on the show and actors and singers and stuff like that, like do they give you any input or uh, do they go off the dome or is it like on nah, paper they, as they, well? They, nah, they pretty much stick to the script because that's not, 
that's not really their forte. Oh, okay, you know okay. But but you know, you always still <clears throat> you always looking for an opening. You're always looking for things to interject uh based off of what they do. Uh as limited as that may be, um, you know, you still always looking to find something. Yeah, no, because that's what I do when I do try to open mics. And I know open mics are short and they give you a limited of time. So, you know, I always try to figure out, you know, especially when I cut down my jokes so we can fit into an open mic. And uh, that's what I try to do. I try to be more creativity. I try to be more energetic. And the first time I went to open mic, man, like I was so nervous and when I hit that stage, man, it's like literally just stepping into a whole new world. If That's the feeling I got. And, you know, even though I was up there probably for three or four minutes, man, it felt like 30. But at the end of at the end of uh, my mic session, like, you know, people are applying. People are saying, oh, yeah, he's good. And, you know, some some white lady was like, oh, my God, he is so goddamn funny. Yeah, that's a good, it's an intoxicating feeling. And and it was, uh, and it's like a drug, it's like crack to me. So like, uh, so when I got that first feeling, man, I got my feet wet, you know, um, I never looked back and um, I had to quit. I, well, uh, I quit one of my jobs because I wanted to make more time to be more, uh, to make this more of my passion. And I was a, uh, I, I, I was a Amazon driver. Um, and I quit because uh, even though I still got one, a, uh, a job, I still work at the airport, but I'm trying to make more time for comedy and uh, especially now because everything's open and I'm just trying to take full force of it. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that's what you're supposed to do if it's really in your heart and you're really passionate about it. How long have you been doing it? Honestly, um, I started uh, even before I decided to be a comedian, man, you know, just like everybody else. Uh, you know, when you're in the house and the whole pandemic is going on, you really don't have nothing to do. So uh, I decided to make a podcast um, um, and I've been doing it for a year now. And I started getting a whole bunch of feedback and uh, a lot of listeners. And yeah, even uh, I don't know if you know who Lee Sayed is. No, name's not for me. Um, he works with uh, um, Joey Diaz. Okay. Um, and um, he reached out and he actually wanted to be on my podcast. I was actually going to, uh, when he reached out, I was going to offer like, hey, man, of course, I'll give you some money if you want to be on my podcast. And he actually told me, no, man, I'm, you know, I'm not going to charge you. I would love just to be on your podcast and just, you know, talk about comedy, just talk about, you know, whatever, you know, where you at right now. And I'm still a baby into this game. You know, I'm nothing compared to these legends. And even you, you are a legend in this, man. You one of my at least top 10 comedians, man. But you really are, bro. Like, you know, it's just your creativity. Like, you're different, especially, I don't know. um, uh, I don't know if it was a special. You were just doing, uh, you was doing comedy when this dude came with a big ass cup of liquor. And and then uh down like down the aisle about to sit down and you're like, look at this motherfucking this big ass cup. Right. Like uh yeah, that, yeah, it's the Shaq's All-Star. Yeah, the yeah, the Shaq All-Star, man. Like, you know, it's like it's stuff like that. Like you you just see something in the crowd or you'd be like, Look at this white woman with this brother. Like, you know, just just like off the dome, like I don't think I'm there yet. I'm kinda a lot of people tell me I am, but 
you know, I'm just trying to perfect that, you know, because, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to pursue that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think you ever stop, uh, perfecting anything. I, right. You know, I think, I think we're all, no matter how long you've been doing it, you're always trying to find something new and even stuff that's old, try to find a new angle with it, try to make it better. I don't know that there's ever a such thing as a done joke. Right. Done right. Um, so, you know, it's all about evolving and uh, just getting better and better and deeper and deeper. So, so when you got um, hired or you applied or you uh, to get on Comedy Essential uh, with uh, Mad TV, like, did you have to do, um, like, did you have to go to a couple meetings before they said, okay, this is the guy? Because did, did, um, uh, I know with uh, Bobby Lee, he said he went there at least like nine times before he actually got like hired. He said at one point he felt like he was going to class every morning. Yeah, no, I uh, my situation was a little bit different. Long story short, uh, I auditioned for Mad TV in, the, in its first season. Oh, okay. But I was also locked up in a uh, contractual situation elsewhere. Oh, okay. So, uh, if, if the contractual situation didn't work out or if the timing hadn't been what it was, I would have been on Mad TV in year one. But unfortunately, this, this, this contract situation had me locked up. So I couldn't do it for the first season. Oh man! So by the time they got around to their third season, I found myself in a different contract situation with Fox TV. Oh, um, oh okay. And uh, they 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 basically knew that they had wanted me from jump uh, and couldn't get me because of the contract uh, so issues. Th- yeah. So because of season three, they was like, "Yo, just just you know, hop on board." You know, what I mean, we wanted you the first time, and it didn't work out. But now it looks like you know. It can work out this time, so right. I, that's why I came in season three. Right, and when and when you finally came on and they gave you the green light and uh, they gave you your first skit or you know your first session on the show, like was you nervous? Was you excited? How were you feeling like at that moment? Even though it's probably years ago now. Um, you know, everybody's different, but for me, I'm always it's always both. You know, right. of course, you're excited uh, and the adrenaline of doing something new and that you're passionate about excites you. Uh, but, you know, you're also nervous because at the end of the day, you want to do great work and you know you're being judged and, and you want everything to fall in pocket. Right. Uh, and, 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 and the best way possible to put you in the best light. So, you know, it's a little bit of both. But, that you know, that, that nervousness is a good nervousness. No, no. And, and that's and that's totally true. Because, you know, uh, me, you know, me growing up, my father always used to tell me, you know, just act like you've been here before. Yeah. And, you know, even though you've, you know, never been here, never done this, you know, if, if you know, if you want to do something, just act like you've been here before. You know, don't let the lights, don't let the limelights, you know, get to you. Just work on you because, you know, you got you here. So, you know. Yeah. You know, that's what I've been trying to uh, perfect. But yeah, man. So what are your uh, five top uh, comedians of all time? Doesn't matter if they're, you know, they're passed away or alive. Um, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, Patrice O'Neill, Richard Pryor. Um, and I like Bill Burr. Oh, Bill Burr. Oh, yeah, man. I, I listen to his podcast damn near all the goddamn time. Yeah. And what made you want to start your own podcast? Because I know you have a podcast with a, with a friend, right? Yeah, he's actually my uh, 
my feature comedian. Oh, okay. Uh, who opens up for me, yeah. Oh, okay. Steinberg. Uh, so he actually brought the idea to me because I was never really into it. Right. Wanting to do a podcast. But, right. Uh, it felt like, you know, it was another avenue to kind of get off your chest what you want to say. Right. Um, and of course, in this climate of cancel culture and political correctness, I think for a lot of people, it's refreshing to hear honesty. Right. Funny. So uh, that was that. That's the angle that we've taken, um, and we've been rocking it, rocking it now for about uh, I'd say almost close to three years. Oh, you've been doing it for three years. Oh, you've been doing it for a minute because yeah, because one of uh, one of my friends, um, he listens to your um, uh, podcast. I mean, I didn't even know you had a podcast until he actually told me. You know, and I mean, I with no disrespect. No, and, I mean, look, man, you, you we still growing, man. So. Yeah. You know, we we not we not there yet in terms of hey, we're we're at a place where everybody should know us. Uh so we still trying to get out there, man. Right. And uh, do you, do you have any advice like for me as a as a uh, as a coming up in comic um any any advice for me like uh even though I know in in the comedian world is you know, it's it's not like acting or playing football that they have rules and uh flags and stuff, you know, but you know, I will always love to get some input, you know, from the one of the greats that, that's ever do it and doing I, it. Uh, you know, I just say, man, um, always remember the number one rule is just be funny. Right. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's really no, this is, a, this is not rocket science. And, and, you know, there's some people who try to tell you that there's rules and shit to this and how to be a certain way and how to do this and how to do that. At the end of the day, it's all subjective. Oh, so okay. Just be funny. Cool. Um, and as far as, you know, the, the business itself, uh, you know, just answer the bell, you know, right. this, this, this industry and this business, um, comedy game will put you up against the ropes. You know, you win some rounds, you lose some rounds, you probably lose more than you win. Right. But, uh, no matter what, cover up, take the rib shots, but always answer the bell. Man. And that's good at, that's some good ass advice. Hey, and you were right. About Utah because I recently went to Utah with uh with one of my uh white friends to go like skiing and sne- uh, snowboarding and stuff like that. But yeah, you're right, man. There ain't nothing but white people over there. Yeah, I yeah, see that's their land, man. And um, you know, I'm Mexican American, so like when they see me, you know, I was at a grocery store, man, and I felt like all eyes were on me. Like I, they they looked at me like, man, is this motherfucker about to steal something? <laughs> And uh, but yeah, man, I love those shirts that you made uh when you were on Vlad TV um when when on when he interviewed you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So are those still available uh, online or on yeah, your website? Yeah. Yeah. Airyspace dot com and uh, I got a a, a podcast a, a social media guy who's you know doing a big overhaul on a lot of my shit. So they'll be available through my Instagram and Facebook pages and with merch buttons and all that. And is that the only merch that you have right now? Just that shirt or do you have a variety of other stuff? Uh, you know, we, we mostly shirts. It's whether it's my shirts or the podcast shirts that represent the podcast also have like coffee mugs and hats and other things. Oh, that okay. Okay. Try so, to, you know, try to put out there. Yeah. You got to get them hoodies out, man. Cause you know, I'll buy, I'll yeah, buy a hoodie. Man. Yeah, man. So, um, you uh you are you from new uh you you from New York right? Yeah, originally, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. So, 
Um, what do you what do you think about the um, the the whole um, the Brooklyn uh, situation? You know that's going on right now. Do you think that they're gonna uh, do a stretch for the uh, championship? You talking about the uh, the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, look if they could ever get healthy, right? Everybody stay healthy. Uh, on paper, they're a dangerous squad. I mean, shit, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Blake Griffin, they, they, they on paper, they, you know, they're a tough squad, but, you know, they still got to go through that juggernaut named LeBron James and Anthony Davis. No, that's that's totally true, man. Even though I'm not really a basketball fan, I just I just like that particular team because, you know, they say it's a super team because they got all these all-stars on them and stuff like that. But I don't know, man, man. You know, um, all right, man, you know, um, we're just going to keep it short like this because I know you are a busy man. And I can tell you're probably on your way to go do something important, probably. Um, but, you know, I just want to say thank you uh, for coming on my podcast. Thank you for um, showing love. Thank you for giving me advice. And do you have uh, any dates or anything that's coming up so my listeners can, you know, subscribe or listen or go watch something or, or anything you have going on right now? Uh, well, the biggest thing is just, uh, to, you know, again, trying to get the podcast out there. So for people to support the podcast, uh, it's called Spears and Steinberg. Um, it's available on all the streaming platforms. I always tell people, man, hit me up in my DM on Instagram, and I'll send you the, uh, the links, mainly Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Uh, and that's pretty much it, brother. All right, man. Uh, and again, man, thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for showing love and um, hopefully you have a safe and uh, wonderful day. Well, I, I wish you the best, brother. Uh, how long you been doing the podcast? My, I've been doing it since uh, March 15th of last year. Uh, so this March 15th that just passed made a whole year. So, um, and yeah, and you know, a lot of people show love. A lot of people, you know, I got a, a, a pot line, I mean, a podcast hotline that people call and leave voicemails. It's in my bio. So like a lot of people do it. So, you know, you know, I've never got that much, you know, voicemails before of people, you know, actually liking the whole podcast and stuff like that. But my, uh, but my, sorry, I cut you off. My, my podcast is called over the fence podcast. Well, keep doing it, brother. I wish you uh, much more continued success. Uh, stick with it. And uh, again, man, all love, dog. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, have a wonderful day, man. You got it, baby. All right.